You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Locked On crossover, or as we like to call it, Behind Enemy Lines. For those who don't know me, I'm Robert Land, the Locked On Texans host, and I'm here with co-host Brian Patterson from Locked On Texans and Locked On 49ers host Brian Peacock. This show is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Draft. We'll let you know a little bit about it in just a bit, but great to talk with you, Brian. And hey, I wasn't expecting the Texans to be this close to the 49ers in the win-loss column at this point. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, it's great. Hey, great to talk to you guys. Thanks for doing this with me. Uh, you know, I wasn't either. I wasn't expecting the Texans to be down there, and there was a point in the season where I thought that the trajectory for the Texans was going in a certain direction. And I think a lot like the 49ers, who nobody really thought was going to do much coming into the season, I think the Texans have been hit with quite a few injuries that have that have really added to that. Yeah, we could get into the injuries. So if the 49ers fans don't know, let, let, let's give you an idea of how bad it's been for the Texans. Let me start with their tackle situation. The right tackle midway through last year somehow tore his patella on both legs in the same play. Pretty cool feat. Then our Texans Pro Bowl tackle that uh, everybody knows about, Dwayne Brown, held out, then got traded. So he played in one game. The main backup ta- tackle was just put on IR last week. So there's your tackle situation. As, and as everybody knows, they lost to Sean Watson, who was putting up 30 points a game and should have been a serious NFL MVP candidate at that point. Uh, we also lost two of our star defenders. Uh, in One, of course, everybody knows J.J. Watt, but also lost Whitney Merciless. And of course, we just lost some more, another running back for a week. So our number two, number three, and number four running backs Foreman, Blue, and Tyler Irvin will be out this week. Irvin's missed pretty much the whole season. Deontay will miss half the year. And then our, just to throw the last thing in, we might be getting back our number two wide receiver this Sunday, uh, but he's missed a few games as well. So other than that, it's been cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a list. That's even worse than what the 49ers are going through. And it feels like there's a lot more injuries happening uh, this season than ever before. I don't know if it's from the perspective of just the 49ers and Texans, but uh Man, it's it's been a rough go, and losing, I mean, losing someone like J.J. Watt, first of all, for for your team, and I mean, he's done a lot for your city, and I just saw that he was the uh, Sports Illustrated Person of the Year, so, uh, you know, well-deserved for all the money he's raised in the Houston area, but for Niners fans that aren't following closely, hey, what's the long-term prognosis for J.J. Watt with the mounting injuries he's had now in his career? Dr. Patterson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the the latest uh, prognosis, at least you know from what we've read uh, from Sports Illustrated, is that you know he, he, we would have thought that he would have been back by training camp, but uh, because of the nature of the injury, you know this is not like he you know messed up his a- ACL. Um, it's going to take up to a year to recover. So you know he sustained that injury back in week two. That was uh, what uh, I think that was September the 10th, if I'm not mistaken, September 17th, one, uh, one of those weeks in September. So we're not looking to see him back more than likely a few weeks into the season. He's going to be able to work out. He's going to be in there, but they're likely not going to clear him to play until well into the season. And, you know, as I've talked with Rob on the show here, you know, we just have to start thinking about what life is going to be about. Uh, without this guy, you know, because we've had to do a lot without him because he's been hurt all the time. I mean, 
it's just only so much that a guy can take, a human being can take for that matter, as far as the injuries he sustained. Yeah, and just to be clear, uh, J.J. Watt, for those who've forgotten elsewhere, the Houston fans I know know this, but you know this is somebody that missed uh, most of last year with a back problem after having surgery a few months before the season started. And then he went in there that re-aggravated the back, and then it was it was done for a, a year there. And then he comes back. Uh, he plays in the first. I think it was maybe the first. Brian, Brian said it was two games. I thought the Chiefs game was maybe four four or five games into the season. So that's that was the uh, Sunday night football game. So yeah, if if it oh, takes him right. a full if it takes him a full year, we're talking uh, fourth or fifth game next year maybe if it takes that complete year, but. He's he's kind of a, you know, this guy that's just a Frankenstein robot, and, and, and so you 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 thought he was invincible, but after back surgery and this issue, what Brian said is absolutely true. We don't know if we're going to see him again. That's that's got to be frightening, man. That's uh that's the heart and soul of that football team, right? I mean, I guess if Deshaun Watson works out like it, it did look like he was going to work out before his injury, also uh, maybe you know that's sort of got to be a passing of the torch because man jj watt like yeah how do you how do you how do the texans go on without jj watt that's it seems insane we've been able to do it you know these past couple of seasons without him yeah you see it's one if it's not one thing it's another it's not his fault necessarily it's just just bad luck uh with the with the injury bug but uh we have capable capable guys out there um you know we have jadavion Clowney as long as whitney merciless stays healthy there's going to be a fierce pass rush out there i really like what i see out of christian covington he's out for the season but uh, there's there's going to be some guys that are going to be able to help but you can't replace uh, jj white absolutely there's there's no way and even when he does come back, even a 75% or a 60% J.J. Watt's better than what you had. You just don't know in what shape or form he's going to be when he does come back. Yeah, especially we th- we just didn't see the same J.J. Watt after this back injury. You know, yeah. he had the back surgery last year. I think, you know, the one before the season or the one over the offseason. Then again, three or four weeks into that season, I think it was the third week against the Patriots uh, that we lost him. But, you know, you thought, after that, eh, we might get 80%. Now he's got, you know, this other injury that could be career threatening. I mean, he says he's going to be back and you know, he's going to work harder than anybody else. But uh, yeah, it's still a big question mark, Brian. That's frightening. I mentioned Deshaun Watson for a second. And um, how good was he on a play in play out basis? Because from what I saw, and probably a lot of 49ers fans saw the highlights um, what was like, what was he like in training camp? What was he like in the locker room with the team? What was he like playing and play out? Because the numbers are fantastic and he was fun to watch in the games. I did see Deshaun Watson play. It was nice to have a quarterback. That's uh pretty darn good. And, and uh, just crushed everybody <laughs> when he went out because uh, of what he was doing, but you know, all the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, this guy's character second to none. Uh, we, we kind of mentioned in our last show, uh, Brian, that, you know, this is a, a deal where Deshaun Watson could have been on the cover with that Sports Illustrated issue with J.J. Watt and with Jose Altuve just for what he's done in the last year, winning a national championship, just excelling in the NFL. He's still like number one in QBR, I think, last I looked. And yeah. it was, yeah, play in and play out. Um, and this, I, Patterson can back me up on this one. It's as fun as we've ever had it at quarterback for the Texans. Time's about a million and playing and play out, he was really darn good. He, and he's just, you know, I call him like kind of Russell Wilson 2.0. 
Yeah, that's a good comp. I hadn't really heard, thought of the uh, Russell Wilson comparison there, but that makes a lot of sense. And it's funny because the quarterback position for the Texans has been kind of a rough one for a while. One of the things that always sticks out in my mind is uh, Bill O'Brien from the Hard Knocks a couple seasons ago. And uh, there was one scene where he was just adamant. He was like, he could not believe that people were questioning his quarterback group. It was like what Hoyer, uh, Ryan Mallett, Brandon Whedon, I think, something like that. And I was thinking, oh, man, this guy's delusional. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, the next uh, offseason, it was so dire that they had to go and overpay for Brock Osweiler. But it's good to see that they finally got that thing fixed there, at least at the quarterback position, you know, barring health for, for Deshaun Watson. But I think uh, it's definitely something he's going to come back from. Yeah, let's talk about your quarterback, too, because you guys got Garofalo, who I, I think the Texans were – in that mix, maybe, if they were going to trade him in the offseason prior to the draft. So I'm interested in what you think of him after seeing his first major action. Man, I, I, I think 49ers fans probably feel about like what Texans fans felt like after the first game, first couple of games of Deshaun Watson, because, um, yeah, it's just almost like a big weight off your shoulders because I think everyone's pretty much all in like, yep, okay, that's what it's supposed to look like. The 49ers might have themselves a franchise quarterback now. And um, I talked about on our last episode how it's sort of like a rising tide lifts all boats, and that's what a quarterback can do for your football team because all of a sudden Trent Taylor as a rookie and Marquise Goodwin, who's been in the league for a while, both had career highs in receptions. And then the offensive line has looked as good as it's looked all year, blocking for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and, of course, the 49ers win you know, one of their two games this year with his, in his first start. And so just everybody across the board, and not only that, but actually converting on third downs and keeping their defense off the field was a huge boost for the 49ers defense as well. So basically the entire team, you could just see how much better everybody got just putting Jimmy Garoppolo into the game. And that that was, to me, probably the most exciting part. And uh, looking ahead, I mean, I'm, at this point, if I'm John Lynch, I'm, I'm calling Jimmy Garoppolo's agent. And I'm like, yeah, what's what's the number? Let's, let's do this because I, I – I'm I'm a full believer, and I think a lot of 49ers fans are. There's going to be a lot of number 10 jerseys being sold in the next couple of weeks. Are the fans uh, excited because it feels like it's been a while since the 49ers have competed after having so many years where they were one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, they haven't played a home game yet with him uh, as a starter. So he, he did throw a couple passes. He, he did throw a touchdown pass at the very end of the Seattle game, which was a home game. But they were on the road in Chicago last week. And so he won't have his first home start until uh, the next week after this coming game against the Texans at home against Jacksonville. So uh, I imagine it's going to be rocking, and, and that's going to be one of the tickets that's actually kind of a hot ticket item. You could get some discount 49er tickets the last couple of seasons. I think it might not be the case in a couple of weeks. Uh, just a quick question for you uh, in time, in terms of uh, you know just the head coaching change to Shanahan. I know he is an upgrade over Chip Kelly. I have an idea of why it didn't work with Chip Kelly, and you know I I, I have you know a synopsis of what's happening, but I want to hear from you. Why do you think it didn't work uh, with Chip Kelly? What's your opinion on that? Um, I think there was a lot of reasons. One was just talent, how much talent the team had lost. And the talent that they did did have wasn't necessarily a perfect fit for what was going on uh, with their schemes on offense and defense. Um, he was, you know, all the things you heard about Chip Kelly before that were like, oh, egomaniac and, you know, not good with the players. And I didn't see any of that stuff at all. I just think it was, I think that scheme is something that it took a while for NFL teams to figure out. And once they did, it was just very 
it was really just basic and, and they didn't even run as fast as you thought they they might be so uh, the tempo wasn't a problem for teams it was just mm-hmm. you know crossing routes mesh concepts all day long uh, you know the same zone read runs over and over again it was just you know you could see what was coming as a fan so you knew the opposing teams could and then obviously the talent was a big part of it so um and the 49ers have just completely retooled their roster this year and pretty much gotten rid of almost everybody that Trent Baalke, the old GM, had brought in. So this is a, a complete restart. So to have this much, um, you know, you didn't think the 49ers were going to win many games coming in, so two, two, two wins isn't much of a shocker at this point. But I think you absolutely see that the bottom has already been hit and that they're, the arrow is pointed up from here on out, which is which is the best sign. What was your reaction on when you guys got Garoppolo? I mean, I know that's obviously something you weren't expecting, but uh, talk about your reaction when you found out about the news uh, that Hoyer, I mean, Hoyer's a capable quarterback, but he wasn't winning games for you guys. But uh, how did you feel? Right, yeah, Hoyer was always the stopgap to like be, okay, well, we have a veteran for now, but it was supposed to be the 2018 offseason when yeah. the whole this was going to be the offseason of the quarterback for the 49ers and so basically the 49ers just got a jump start on that and and Garoppolo was definitely one of those guys that was going to be in play but the fact that Garoppolo didn't get traded last offseason was sort of to me a, a sign that he wasn't going to be going anywhere and that uh, Bill too. Belichick and the Patriots were going to hold on to him and he was and they were going to do what they had to to try to make that transition eventually from from Brady to Garoppolo, and then I think they just realized they can't pay two starting quarterbacks. So at the very last minute that they could finally do something, they called the 49ers. So, I mean, a lot of that is on Bill Belichick, because as far as I know, he made one phone call, and that was to John Lynch and the 49ers, thank goodness, because uh, to me that was a no-brainer situation. And uh, to to be able to get someone of Garoppolo's talent that has already been in the league that is – that ready to to play you know aside from learning a new system under Shanahan I mean there hasn't been that many players that have been drafted that high that have been coached that well that were that ready to jump in and and run a team that hadn't had that chance yet and so um for for all sides I think it's just such a great fit I think talent wise and the type of player and person that Garoppolo is is an absolutely perfect fit under Kyle Shanahan so I was really excited, and I, and I thought it was a no-brainer situation for the 49ers to pull the trigger on that and get their guy in so they don't have to spend a high draft pick and have that bust factor. And they're still, you know, it's still not 100% sold that, that Garoppolo is going to be a hit, but, you know, every time, every snap he takes makes you more comfortable with, with thinking, yeah, this, this is going to be the guy long-term. So that, it costs you a second-round pick instead of a first-round pick to have that college quarterback that still has all that bust potential. Yeah, congratulations, because we know how difficult it is in finding a quarterback. <laughs> and uh, after we've gone through about, it seems like about 10 of them in the last uh, four years. Before we get to your coach, because we want to ask you about that, both of you guys doing a lot with our brand new sponsor, Draft. And I know, uh, Brian Peacock, I know you, you've, you've got a lot of participation from uh, your fans. Tell us a little bit about what that's been about. Yeah, that was fun. Actually, just before I recorded with you guys, I uh, had a little live draft with some some listeners and uh that was a lot of fun it's it's been really cool it's a really fun project and uh there's nick winkler who comes on with me on my show on wednesdays we do a little winky wednesday he's a guy that i used to do a podcast with before i started uh doing the locked on stuff and uh he was in on the draft as well and for guys like nick uh, not me of course because my season-long fantasy team is very strong but his team has been out of it for a very long time so it's nice for folks like that that uh that season long you know starting to hit the playoffs and they're like well hey, i'm uh, doesn't really mean much to me with the fantasy thing anymore because my team's terrible. And I'm not in the playoffs. So it gives a chance for folks like that to be able to jump back in and be competitive. Our fans too, right, Brian? 
<laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I assume I assume both of you guys have some very strong squads, but for some people out there, they might need that. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of fun going back and forth, and um, you know, we put some drafts out there. You know, we would love uh, for our listeners to jump in even more, but um, it's it's been quite fun uh, so far. So yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, and it's free, right? The LONFL code that's and uh, get a free three dollar play. It's a no brainer. That's right. You can jump on in with that promo code LONFL and you're you're right in there and you can compete and win some cold hard cash. Hey Brian Peacock, the best offensive year the Texans had in their history was the year Kubiak let Kyle Shanahan take over as offensive coordinator. I think every Texan fan would agree on that. Uh what do you like and dislike about the Niners' new head coach? To be honest with you, just as a whole, he he's been awesome. And from in his relationship with GM John Lynch and they came in together and it seems like a perfect marriage there. And I think it's been really stabilizing for the franchise to have those two guys, just the way they are and the, their demeanor. Um, and, you know, he's not a, uh, he's very different from Bill O'Brien. You know, I, I think if the 49ers and there's a good chance the 49ers are the on the hard knocks next year, because John Lynch has been very, um, you know, in front of the camera, the 49ers past regime has been shied away from everything and has not been out in front and in front of the media. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if the 49ers, uh, took a took a shot at that hard knocks this offseason. But uh, I think you would see if he was on that show, he's definitely not, you know, uh, breathing fire and spit coming out of his mouth, yelling at guys and cursing at guys like uh, like a Bill O'Brien or anything like that. He's definitely more cerebral, calm guy, young coach. But um, I think he connects with the players and uh, his, you can tell his offense, even though he's undermanned on that side of the ball. Love him from an X's and O's standpoint. I think if I had one critique of Kyle Shanahan so far, it's that he is uh, he doesn't compromise with his offense. So he wants whether it was you know C.J. Beathard or Brian Hoyer in there, um, he's coaching it like he's coaching with uh, with Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. Still, you know, he wants it to run at that level. So he's not just going to dumb it down and be like, okay, well, our running game's stronger than our passing game, so let's just pound it and you know try to get out of here with a, a six three win or something like that. He wants to uh, he wants it to run the way he wants it to go, and he's kind of a perfectionist like that. So I would say he might have been able to have some closer games earlier in the season, although they did lose a lot of close games earlier. But he could have you know he could have run the ball for the sake of running it. But he, he he doesn't compromise. And so I think in the end, that's a good thing. But for this team, I don't know if it necessarily helped them to win or lose more games. But at this point, for the 49ers, it's not really about Ws. It's about that uh, development. So uh, so there's really not much I could say about Kyle Shanahan that I don't like at this point. Out of all the players right now, I know Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be uh, the most exciting one. But is there any of the young guys on the 49ers that you have high hopes for? Absolutely. I think they had a great draft. Ruben Foster, if he can stay healthy, is going to be one of the top linebackers in the NFL. I think he already is a top five pro football focus grade uh, in the the six games that he's played so far this season uh, in, in all linebackers in the league. So uh, yeah, Reuben Foster is really fun to watch and I'm sure he'll be all over the place on Sunday chasing around Lamar Miller. But um, aside from him, I think they, they did a lot of great things in the draft. Um, and actually the guy that they inherited in the 2016 draft to Forrest Buckner has been also one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league this year. And he didn't have his best game last week, although the 49ers defense wasn't really on the field all that much, but um, he's going to be a monster as well. So I think, yeah, that front seven is looking strong with the number three overall pick Solomon Thomas as well. And he's still in development mode. I think he's a little bit more raw than Ruben Foster was at his position. So it might take him a little while before he reaches his ceiling, 
but he's definitely got that potential as well. And they got their third round pick. Akella Witherspoon has now been inserted as the starting corner and uh, he's looked pretty good. Now he was really raw coming in and didn't look ready to start the season, but he's really developing before 49ers fans eyes as the season goes on as well. How do you feel like the Niners are set up with Garoppolo? And I think I might have mispronounced his name earlier, but how do you think they're set up with him (laughs) down the road? Do they have uh, any weapons that he can use or is that what they really need to concentrate on the draft coming up? Yeah, so since they got the quarterback figured out, it looks like I think it's going to be all about surrounding that quarterback with talent. They still have some problem on, uh, problems on the offensive line, uh, particularly left guard and center. So uh, maybe some big money in free agency, maybe some draft capital, uh, maybe both on the offensive line and then and wide receivers as well. So, you know, their best wide receiver is Pierre Garçon, who's out for the year now, and he's not young. So they got to find the next number one target for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think on offense, uh, Carlos Hyde is a free agent. I, I would put it 50-50, maybe even less than 50% chance that they bring him back just because I don't think that's a position they necessarily want to spend a lot of money on. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a big draft and a big free agency period for adding talent to the offensive side of the ball. If they do have a long-term weapon for Jimmy Garoppolo there, it would be the slot guy in the rookie Trent Taylor, who's just a little – I mean, he, he can separate like nobody's business, but he's only 5'7", 5'8", and 180 pounds, and, and he doesn't have a great, you know, long speed, but he can just get open, and, and he's targeted a ton on third downs. So look out for, for for Trent Taylor this week out of the slot on third downs. And then um, I think George Kittle, the tight end, uh, also another rookie, is somebody who's going to be around for a while, and he can block, and he's physical, and he's got some athleticism and, and uh, can be a receiving threat as well. Usually takes tight ends a little while to develop in the NFL, so I expect him to be better next year and be uh, possibly a long-term starter. Did you guys happen to catch uh, who who the latest uh, sexual assault accused is? It's a it's a former Houston quarterback. Yeah, oh, no, I didn't see that. I just you, you you log off of Twitter for a couple hours and you miss those. It's it's getting ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's Warren Moon, and of course Watson actually oh. wore Warren Moon's jersey to the game. Uh, he was came in with Warren's Moon jersey before one of his games, and and then wore it in his press conference after that game, and. Yeah, it, it's uh, the story is a California woman who worked uh, for a sports marketing firm led by Moon. She filed for the suit, alleging that uh, he required her to wear a thong, thong underwear <laughs> and share his what? bed during business trips. Oh, come on, Warren. Oh, no, that's that's not good. <laughs> Considering what we went through in the 90s. Yeah, I, I'm not too surprised to hear this, but wow. Everybody's, you know, that's, you know, in prominent roles is getting hit hard now. That's pretty much the deal is that the people in Houston know his background. And he had an issue, I think, with battery towards what was it his wife? Yeah, yeah, his wife. Oh, wow. I had not heard that story. If if you're uh, watching this game, who should the Texans look out for besides the quarterback? And, you know, who, who do you feel like is going to kill our left and right tackle uh, because it, it's a pretty pathetic situation right now. Well, yes. uh, fortunately for the Texans, that's where the 49ers are strongest is more the interior rushers than the edge guys. So um, I think, you know, the ageless Elvis Doomerville is still the best outside pass rusher for the 49ers. So that's probably the guy that would take advantage of your tackles. Uh, maybe Solomon Thomas, but he's still more of a power rusher, even though he's kind of moving around from the edge on early downs and then uh, kicking inside and doing some interior rushing. So uh, it might be... 
Um, it might not be a situation where the 49ers have a ton of great edge rushers to take advantage of that, but it might be a group effort where, you know, Elvis Doomerville and uh, Aaron Lynch has been non-existent for the 49ers this year, even though I, I still think he's got to be one of the best pass rushers on the team, but, you know, dealt, dealt with some injuries, think he's might have been in the doghouse, he's, hasn't been active a lot, but if he's active, he might be someone that's able to take advantage of that. But right now, the, the, the strength of the 49ers pass rush is, is coming up the middle. Which unit do you see? Okay, you got the quarterback, and this kind of is a little bit of a rehash of a previous question, but what unit do you see that needs to be fixed first? You know, going into the draft, going into free agency, uh, what do you, what would, you, if you were John Lynch, what would you tackle first? Yeah, that would be for sure. Offensive line is probably number one. You got to get that fixed first, and because that'll help the pass game, that'll help the running game. And then after that is is absolutely wide receiver. I think those two are far and away ahead. But you also need that edge guy, like I mentioned. I think uh, just what they call the Leo position, that weak side defensive end pass rusher. It's just a pure edge speed rusher. They need someone like that. That could be a first-round draft pick. Uh, that could be maybe somebody in the middle rounds that's more one-dimensional, someone who comes in in, in situational, uh, situational uh, pass rush, you know, third downs. But um, I would put those three probably in order and, um, you know, I, I think the number one thing the 49ers will try to do like they did last year is maybe trade back a little bit and add some more pieces. You know, hopefully some teams behind the 49ers are quarterback needy and they're able to uh, use that to their advantage now that they've got a quarterback and then add some more pieces. But yeah, offensive line, wide receiver, and then probably an edge pass rusher. They do need to figure out cornerback as well. And uh, that could be something that could be free agency or the draft. You guys are a point and a half favorite do you feel like they can win this game against the texans i i definitely do because uh we're, we're out of players uh I'm, i might play this weekend yeah the way <laughs> well if you play then i would definitely if you play i would definitely put the texans uh as the favorites but uh if you're not suiting up then i think the 49ers the way they're playing right now the confidence uh you know I, you, you asked about kyle shanahan earlier i think maybe one of the things i didn't talk about that i should have is that he hadn't lost a team that has only won, you know, one game before last week. And and that team has been, they've been playing hard. And I think adding Jim Garoppolo has given them just that little bit of an extra spark. So, you know, I, I think they're playing their best football right now, even though they, they are deemed up and they're missing some players. They're, they're playing good and they're playing hard. And you can see these young guys starting to develop. So I absolutely think that the 49ers could pull this off on the road. It's, it's, it's still hard to really, pick the 49ers and uh actually let's see what did you say they were the 49ers were favored by one i'm looking at my bookie right now and i've got it says uh houston favored by three. Oh no I, well i found something else where it said houston is favored or uh the 49ers are favored by a point and a half okay on, on oh side. wow so and that sounds like it might be the most accurate uh so i mean that means that if the two teams played on a neutral field they're basically saying we think the 49ers are better than the texans <laughs> Right, which is which is surprising because the 49ers, I don't think, have been favored at all this season. So um, that's interesting. I would probably, if I was putting money on it, I would take whichever team is not favored in this game, um, you know, just to, to improve your odds a little bit. But I will say that, you know, they what they give you three points for being at home, right? Three extra points. So if that's the case, you got to I think you got to factor in the Jimmy Garoppolo factor, who is uh, who, who gives the 49ers an extra seven. With how with with the difference that team's looked when he's been in there, so I'm going to say the 49ers by four. I think they can pull this game off the way they're playing and with how dinged up Houston has been. Uh, maybe try to get one of those Tom Savage 
interceptions and, and get something going back the other way. But um, yeah, I'm going to say 49ers by four. DeAndre Hopkins, man. Uh, do, do people understand how great he is? No, I'm glad you brought that up real quick because that was one of my notes that I hadn't gotten to here yet. DeAndre Hopkins is basically, uh, he, he's the, he's one guy I for sure still expect he's going to eat on Sunday. Um, he's basically the type of guy with his ball skills that's just, he's always open, right? Uh, open, probably not, but he, he makes catches. I mean, he is in a fist fight every time uh, that he goes downfield with these uh, cornerbacks and defensive backs. I mean, it, you, you watch him, and it, he, he sometimes gets called for a push-off. They, a lot of times, get called for push-off and pass interference and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, he is uh, just incredible considering what he's had to work with at quarterback for his first four years. It's just amazing the numbers that he, he's put up, and I think he would be in the conversation for best wide receiver in the NFL if uh, he had a competent quarterback his first four years. But now that they got Deshaun Watson, look for him to have maybe his best year ever next year. Yeah, and that's a great uh, – I think that's a great match for Hopkins and Watson because Watson's not afraid to throw to a guy who's covered and let the wide receiver make a play on it. He did that a ton with Mike Williams in college. Um, and a couple other guys, I noticed they called up DeAndre White, former 49er from the practice squad. So a couple of ex-Niners wide receivers for the Texans, uh, Bruce Ellington and DeAndre White now – uh, White was active, I think, for a couple games his rookie year as an undrafted free agent out of Alabama. He looked good in the preseason. A lot of fans liked him and, you know, didn't really stick around and and end up doing much. But um, the Bruce Ellington one was interesting to me because a lot of 49ers fans were like, hey, what the heck? When when Ellington came came over to the Texans and started making plays. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I mean, is there a reaction yeah. over there? Because he, he's looked darn good for us. And I tell you what, Bill O'Brien really has some good things to say about him. No, that was uh, that was a thorn in the 49ers side was that that crazy good 2014 draft class for wide receivers. And the 49ers dipped in one time and pulled out the one guy who who wasn't very good. And he was a complete bust for the 49ers. And so I think that tells you about uh, what was going on in 49er land and, and with the coaching changes and the talent around him that that he wasn't able to do anything. And then all of a sudden goes to a new spot and starts to look pretty good and actually one other player i wanted to ask about a uh, wide receiver for the texans is braxton miller someone i loved coming out of college a uh, converted quarterback i thought he had a chance to develop into maybe the next randall cobb type of player in the nfl what's going on with him with, with braxton you know he would he, he i would love for him to have that opportunity but you know he he was inactive a lot of weeks he just hasn't really shown bill o'brien to the point of where um, he would be a regular to be out there to play. Now, the reason why he's playing now um, is because of all the injuries. We are decimated out on the wide receiver front, and he's hurt too. He's probably going to be out this week because he's suffering a concussion. So he, Braxton really just never has had a chance to to show what he has because he continues to find ways to get hurt. And I know a lot of people will say, hey, let's convert him to quarterback. Let's try him out at quarterback. But that shoulder's not what it used to be. Yeah, when he hurt that shoulder way back when, when he was with Ohio State and he had the surgery, he, he can't throw anymore. So he had to convert uh, to the wide receiver position for that particular reason. But he flashed. He flashed, uh, you know, last Sunday before he got hit. And I, I just honestly think that he is, you know, if hopefully we give him the opportunity. But again, that's a third round pick. And you expect to by now have him to a point to where he would be a regular on this offense. But that's still up for debate with the guys that we have. Yeah, he actually was having his best week by far in, in his NFL career last week. And then he got hurt again. 
Concussion, yeah. Concussion That's protocol. Right. We had about five guys or something with or th- three, four or five guys last week that had concussions that are going to be out this week. So yeah, it's, it, it's so thin. These are all positions that are the, a lot of these are the skill positions that we've, we've lost guys. So uh, those are, those are always uh, huge losses and you, you, there's not a whole lot you can do to make up for them. It's either we've lost skill position guys or just the best players on our team. Outside of that, <laughs> it's been fun. Outside of that, it's been great. You know, the 49ers and uh, Texans should have just traded Ellington for Braxton Miller and, and hoped that the the new scenery would have been good for those guys. Um, there's one more player I want to ask you about, and uh, then then I want to ask you guys about what your predictions are for the game. Should Kyle Shanahan and uh, especially Jimmy Garoppolo be afraid of Jadavian Clowney because he scares me? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you should. This should be okay. <laughs> yeah. Should. But if you double team him, if you triple team him, if you if you command uh, attention to him, you may be able to limit him because we don't necessarily have the guys that are going to step up in his plays. Now, if Whitney Merciless were out there, if J.J. Watt were out there, you can double team him all you want, but you don't have somebody else out there that's going to make you pay. But we don't have Brennan Scarlett, which would have been another pass rusher. But we have some linebackers. You know, there's Dylan Cole. Brian Cushing is going to be back. Uh, for this game as well, the legendary Brian Cushing. Um, so you, you're going to have some pass rushers out there, but I honestly think that if you shut down Clowney, there's you guys have talented guys out there that could do that. Yeah, it, it would limit his uh, ability. Uh, I don't know if he's going to have a good game. I really don't. There are three reasons to watch this one, I think. It's him, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I think yeah. those are your three big yeah. reasons if you're a fan and you're like, oh, these two teams suck. Why should I spend a Sunday with them? Well, you can focus on those three guys if you're a big football fan. That's a great point. I agree. But So if the 49ers wanted to double Clowney, from what I've seen, he moves around a lot. So how do you even game plan for that guy? It's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. That's what I love about him. <laughs> uh, there's, I think it was last week there was a play where he was uh, he was coming from a linebacker spot like – like a middle linebacker position, and he he killed somebody. I, I don't remember if it was the running back trying to step up and 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 uh, and block the blitz, but uh, he he just was killing guys. And I was thinking, oh my god, that's who the 49ers have to face next week. Maybe sit Jimmy Garoppolo one more week and then bring him back in week fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's see. Well, let me ask you guys what you asked me earlier. What, what do you think? Depending on which uh, sports book you're looking at, how do you think this is going to go for the Texans and the 49ers? The Texans still have it in them, even though they're undermanned right now. No. I- I don't know about that. <laughs> I, they are that under. I mean, if they had something to work with, I would say, yeah. The, the, the good news this week is it looks like uh, Bill O'Brien's got his fingers crossed that Will Fuller might be back on Sunday, according to what he said in the press conference. So that's something to keep in mind. I, I tell you, somebody that uh, is not going to play any sort of factor, but I guess he'll play now is Brian Cushing is finally back from his PED suspension. And O'Brien just wondering what kind of shape he's in. But I imagine he might get a couple of snaps. But it doesn't really matter because I think for Texans fans, he's kind of been just a guy ever since he had knee problems in back-to-back years and just lost two seasons in back-to-back years with uh, crazy injuries. And especially if he's not on PEDs anymore. Yeah. (laughs) That's interesting you mentioned that because in the press conference – he said it was something for his health. He started taking it over the summer. And what he told the media today was that it, it wasn't a PED or HGH or anything like that. He said it was something that he, he takes full 
you know, he takes full blame for it, talking with the league and trying to get uh, the league in line with what he needs to do. And they, they apparently have told him it's okay to take what he was taking for the condition. And it's not Adderall or uh, he didn't say, he just said what he said when asked about Adderall, he said, no, hopefully not. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, wait, are, are we in agreement then? Did we all pick the 49ers in this one? I am. I think we could squeak this one out. You know, if Will Fuller is available, you know, who who knows what's going to happen. Um, I just don't know if our kicker, if he's going to decide to be able to make the kicks, because I imagine he's going to be pretty busy. Might be might be some three and outs. And, you know, we may have to go on. And, uh, you know, if we're in field goal range, hopefully we can get close and, and have him uh, kick those field goals. I, I would say that this game, if, if we can get this offense together, uh, I think we're good for maybe two touchdowns and a field goal. So you're looking like maybe like a 17 to, you know, 12, you know, something like that to, uh, in terms of the score. It's not going to be that high. Uh, but again, with Jimmy Garoppolo, you just never know uh, what he'll be able to do. But we do have some weapons on defense. Just depends on how well we limit uh, Garoppolo and how energetic. He looked really good last week. So uh, I'm not expecting a whole bunch, but this could get ugly, especially if Garoppolo is allowed to get into a rhythm. It could get ugly for Tom Savage with Kendall Lamb and Breno Giacomini <laughs> trying to block for him. I just don't think he's going to have time yeah. to throw to Will Fuller, even if he plays, if you get those like, uh, you know, fly patterns that you can hit Fuller and pick easy touchdowns up. But, you know, it, it would be great to, to get Fuller back because if people around the league don't know, this guy has got tremendous speed. He's a good route runner. He gets open. Uh, he, he's got some question marks for hands. Uh, sometimes, but otherwise uh, Fuller is a huge part of this offense because he really opens things up a lot better for DeAndre Hopkins. Everybody can kind of shade his way because there's nobody else that you really fear uh, of any of their wide receivers or tight ends. And he's really, uh, with his hands, he's shored that up. I don't know if you agree with me, Rob. I, I just don't see the drops as I did last season when he was healthy. I mean, he hasn't played all that much this season, but whenever he was out there, you know, he, he was catching some really, really good balls out there. Well, he was catching touchdowns is what he was doing, and that's true, the thing that, true, that true. we kind of miss. We need somebody to, to get some touchdowns for us because – uh, Savage needs somebody that can bust one. I don't think he can deal with these eight and 10 play drives where you're not supposed to make any major mistakes. And all their running backs are gone. They're down to Andre Ellington picked up off of waivers as their second string running back, you know, the Andre Ellington out of Arizona. But yeah, it's, I just don't know how they're, the, the Texans are going to keep going with uh, so many injuries to so many offensive players. I mean, it's not going to take many points, I don't think, to win this game for the 49ers. Yeah, that's kind of how it went last week. I was looking at the over-under against the Bears, and I was thinking, man, they they really can't make this line low enough. And I think it was at 40 last week, and they ended up it ended up being 15-14. Uh, and uh, even if Jimmy Garoppolo is in a rhythm, they might not be able to get in the end zone still. So, <laughs> yeah, you mentioned 12 points for the 49ers. They had 15 on five field goals last week. So, yeah, the red zone offense might be a problem. And I think Fillers, or, uh, Fuller is a great point because – it might be the team that that makes that big play. So if they're able to hit one deep with Fuller or if the 49ers are able to hit one with Marquise Goodwin, who's theirs, their deep speed weapon, you know, or like something like a pick six, so, you know, major turnover. I think that might be really the difference in this game. And otherwise it'll be pretty close and pretty low scoring. Have you guys got anything else? I think I'm, I think I'm out of stuff at this point. No, uh, I'm good. I think we covered most of what I was looking at. It was great talking with you fellas. Yeah. I just want to remind everybody that if you're a uh, new listener to either one of these shows, pass the word along to a friend or two. Let them know they can find us on iTunes and all your favorite podcast apps. Uh, one more plug for Draft. 
you need to join. You need to do that. And uh, love to bring more people to the party as far as uh, draft goes. I know uh, Brian would like to see some some of our Texans fans step up into that. It's 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 tough. I think Texans fans might be uh, just burnt out on football after after everything that's happened this year to them. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Tell tell people how they can uh, find you, uh, Brian. On if they want to follow the 49ers for our Texans fans, how do they uh, follow you and know what's going on over there in San Francisco? Yeah, you can go to LockedOn49ers.com just like you can LockedOnTexans.com, right? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Sounds good. Well, it was, it was great talking with you, and uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime when both of these teams are actually good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. Maybe uh, we'll uh, have a, a Super Bowl in our future with our hot new young quarterbacks, right? Yeah, that could be a possibility. and It's, <laughs> it, it's still, I guess, another – four years down the road before these teams are going to play in the regular season. So hopefully maybe their quarterbacks can take them there in the next uh, three years. We can see you guys a little bit sooner than that. Uh, Sounds good to me. All right. Hey, it was great talking to you fellas. All right. Thanks a bunch. You are locked on Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. (laughs) 